welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one mysterious page of Talmud every day. Why do I say mysterious? Because there's a sentence in today's daf, in today's page, that I just kind of really found myself stopping and reading and rereading. Hear me out. The Gemara raises an objection to these derivations from that which was taught in the following Baraita, which is the impurity of the deep. Get that sentence, the impurity of the deep that was permitted for both a Nazarite and one who sacrifices the Paschal lamb. It is impurity imparted by any corpse of which no one is aware, even at the end of the earth. But if even one person is aware of it, even at the end of the earth, this is not impurity of the deep. However, according to the opinion of Rabbi Elazar, who said that the expression beside him indicates that the impurity must be clear to him, it would be considered impurity of the deep until he knew about it. It would not be enough for some other person to be aware of the corpse. To help us parse this notion of impurity of the deep and what does it mean for a corpse to lie undiscovered at the other end of the planet, at the other end of the globe, at the other end of the earth, I have the great pleasure of welcoming someone who I've long admired from afar. He is Rabbi Dr. Shlomo Zukier, a scholar of classical Judaism, here to join us to tell us what the Talmud means by impurity of the deep. Rabbi Dr. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Liel. And yeah, this is really a fascinating idea, talking about impurity, and not just any impurity, but the impurity of the deep. So I think we need to talk a little bit about what impurity is. Uh, generally, impurity is, is the sort of thing, it's, it's not necessarily prohibited to be impure in Judaism, but what impurity does, it prevents you from doing certain things. Like, for example, if you want to be a Nazarite, so then impurity is off-limits. For our tractate, for Pesachim, if you want to bring your pastel offering, you generally can't do that when you're impure. But impurity is a fact of life. People become impure, you know, by dying, which is part of nature, and through the various other means that are just part of life. Impurity is something that happens, and it's like like taxes. You know, you have to. It happens. You have to deal with it when it happens. But there's no prohibition per se. But in this case, you want to bring your pastel offering. You have to make sure that you're not going to be impure. And the question is, how do you deal with that? Because there's this fundamental problem that you never really know if you're impure or not. Because the way impurity works is you have a body, the body's buried, someone passes away, their body's buried under the ground. There's this idea of tuma bokad ve'ola. The impurity goes up all the way up to heaven, as it were. And if someone's buried wherever they are underground and you walk over their grave, and it's maybe an unmarked grave, you become impure and you can't bring your paschal offering. So there's this fundamental challenge. How do I know I'm pure? How can I bring my pastoral offering? And this concept of how to deal with the impurity of the deep is trying to resolve that. So there's a dispute here, as you, as you read, as to whether this idea of the impurity of the deep, if no one knows about it at all, then it somehow doesn't count. You saved yourself. If no one at all knows about this impurity, then you don't become impure. You avoid that problem. You can bring your pastoral offering. It's almost like the old Zen Quan, right? If, if an impurity occurs in the forest and no one is there to notice it, did it even happen? Exactly. So that's, that's one view. And that view seems to solve the problem much more simply. That's Rabbi Elazar's view. But the other view is that if any person knows about it, right, then it fails to be a tree. You know, it's a tree in the forest that someone heard. Maybe you didn't hear it, but someone else did. Someone else knows about the impurity and you actually need to worry about that. And since 
it's going to be impossible to contact everyone worldwide and, and, you know, and survey uh, what, whether they know about this body that they buried 20 years ago in an unmarked grave. You don't really know, and you have this fundamental doubt. So the part of what's at issue here is how one relates to doubt uh, within ritual systems. This is a broader question. It comes up regarding impurity. It comes up regarding prohibitions of you know, food that, that one sources that might, uh, might or might not be kosher. How do you know? Maybe there's a small chance it's not kosher. And there's a whole literature on how to resolve doubt, how to deal with these challenges. A recent book by Moshe Halbertal uh, talks about these issues. And one way of solving it uh, is this idea that impurity that no one knows about, impurity of the death, is, can be ignored. If no one knows about it, it didn't happen. So that's, that's one piece of this. But I want to get a bit deeper, so to speak, in understanding what does it mean, why are we calling this impurity of the deep, tumata tehom? What is this idea of tehom, of the deep? And if you look in ancient Near Eastern mythology, the tehom, or in, other, in, uh, in the Bible it's called tehom, in other uh, cultures it's called tiamat, is this uh, goddess of disorder that is part of the disorder of the world but before it was created. And we see throughout the creation story in the Bible as well, there's darkness unto home, God then creates the world. And in the flood, the great deluge that Noah had the faith, the waters of Tehom are what came up, the waters of the deep. It's really this idea of disorder, this fundamental idea of not knowing, of not having things be organized, of not being able to go about your life or having the world go about its normal order. So for that reason, it makes a lot of sense why this idea of Tehom is brought in. It's this fundamental worry that we can't know. We can't know that which is so deep, so far away. And how do we, how do we possibly deal with that? There's a couple of different theories as to how precisely this works. What, what exactly is the connection between Tehom, the depths, and our case? So on one approach, Rashi's approach says more or less what I just said. It's, it's so hidden. It's so deep. You have no idea about it. It's going to be tricky to know whether you're impure or not. On other approaches, the Gaon or Tzemach Gaon says that actually it's referring to people who died in the flood, in the primordial flood in the days of Noah. That, those are the people who are impure by the Tehom. Huh. So they, their bodies were buried on deep. And a, a recent theory, a few decades ago, published by uh, Professor Daniel Sperber, he suggests maybe that's uh, an idea that's, that's closer to some of the ancient mythology is preserved here, that the actual bodies or the impurity is not necessarily, you know, we're not thinking about who might have been buried or not, but really what it speaks to is this fundamental force of disorder. And in this case of impurity that comes from the deep. And you could probably give a, a Freudian reading of this too. Um, our deepest, darkest worries about our own status. Are we pure or not? Are we able to bring the Paschal offering or not? That's related to the home, the deep, and again, this, this Gemara, this passage, gives a way of resolving it. If no one knows about it, you don't need to worry about it, which provides a modus vivendi, a way of living life for someone in a world of impurity. I love it, and I celebrate the fact that somewhere there's a Jew on record saying, don't worry about it. Rabbi Dr. Shlomo Zukir, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you, Liel. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, 
covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.